Welcome to the Optimal You podcast. This is pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy the show. Uh, welcome to episode 19 of the Ersfeld Pharmacy Optimal You podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. The goal of the, the Optimal You podcast is to have a visit with providers in the healthcare industry, in our area and beyond, that provide services that might be helpful to you in your journey to becoming the Optimal You. If you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, I have a special offer for you as a gift for taking the time to listen. Today's guest is nurse practitioner Sandy Lauer. Before we start our visit with Sandy, I need to let the listeners know that this podcast provides general information and a discussion about health and health-related subjects. The information provided in this podcast is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. So just a little bit of background on our guest, Sandy um, Lauer. She attended graduate school at North Dakota State University, Go Bison, where she obtained her Doctor of Nursing Practice, Family Nurse Practitioner degree. She's an Alexandria native working um, formerly at Douglas County Hospital for five years as a registered nurse. Uh, San Sandy's nurse practitioner experience has been in rural medicine where she practiced as a provider in broad spectrum family emergency room and hospital medicine. She's active in many organizations and multiple certifications that she has. And I'm going to read a quote from her website, which I thought was just kind of summed up a little bit of her philosophy here. Taking care of your health and well-being doesn't have to be intimidating, difficult, or expensive. Taking great care of people takes time, and I found it well in company so I could be the provider I was trained to be, the provider I want to be. So... Thanks, Andy, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, you for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. Yeah. Do you want to kind of fill anything more about your background and, and let us know a little bit about where you're at in your practice and maybe yeah. why, why you got into what you got into? Totally, and that could probably be a podcast on its own, yeah. Steve. But <laughs> um, kind of to tail off of what you had said, I had worked for um, – Centra care for four years after graduate school and then chose to transition into private practice and opened Welling Company, which is a full spectrum direct primary care and urgent care facility. And we have medical aesthetics as well. And that in itself was an evolution in its business plan. But like you said, the goal was to focus back on this transition I was seeing in healthcare and needing to see more and more patients with less and less time. And as you start to see that, that transition, it became really difficult, especially to care for um, tougher topics that aren't taken care of in a seven minute appointment, things like women's health, um, hormone transition and periods of time. And we'll talk about that in this podcast about every decade of female from adolescence experience this hormonal shift that we need to figure out. Um, mental health being a significant uh, source of appointments in both traditional and non-traditional healthcare settings. You, the moral of the story was you just didn't have enough time to get to the root cause of why individuals were experiencing the symptoms they were and ha really helping them develop a comprehensive treatment plan without feeling like you were referring to five different places for them to go. 
you started feeling a little bit like a traffic controller. You're like, okay, yep, hi, you're coming here for mental health. I'm going to refer you here and here and here. See me back, right? Yeah. That, seven, and that seven minutes cannot do much time, is there? Cannot. And never, ever, Steve, to minimize the absolute wonderful providers we have um, that I've worked with through my educational journey and initial experience and things like that. It's just a different model of care that um, a little sooner than I ever thought, but led me to open Welling Company. And so um, with that being said, we found part of my community needs assessment within Alexandria specifically was we just did not have um, a lot of resources for um specialty care, especially in hormone replacement therapy. I shouldn't even say therapy. That's the end result, right? Even understanding and evaluation, not very many people. I mean, down the road at some point they will need HRT, but often there's other lifestyle modification, dietary supplemental things we can do without HRT. And we'll probably speak to that. So anyways, here we are. Um, Welling Company opened May of 2020 and we're coming up on year three. Um, we opened a secondary location in Sartell with the exact same model we've done in Alexandria. And that was this fall Sartell location opened. So, wow. So yeah. we, were, we were kind of visiting before we got on here about uh, being business owners yes. and, and the trials of that. Now you have two businesses. Um, yes. uh, that, that must've been, uh, it's obviously you've got uh some moxie to, to get out there and do that. Where'd the business side of things come from? Mm, that was, I'm very much so faith-based, Steve. And that was a fire that was put in my belly by God. And it was, I followed that and it's served me well. I certainly have deterred from probably plans at times and come back, but it, I think it comes down to the strong desire to serve people and really it was actually trying to remove the business out of healthcare that led me into the business I am in. And so if that makes sense, it was one of those trying to unmuddy the waters of healthcare, get down to root cause medicine and helping patients with more time. And that's just how it evolved. Yeah. I think that's what I, I think you probably speak, what every healthcare healthcare practitioner would like to have. And you have that in your practice. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes. So we, we kind of mentioned um, a little bit about women's health. Is that, um, well, you have that as part of your, uh, I guess, a subspecialty you referred to as earlier. Um, what else does your clinic offer that would be kind of non-traditional? Um, it would certainly the model in itself, right? We're not insurance based. Um, we accept HSAs and things like that here, but we do not bill insurance. So our plan of cares are not necessarily dictated based on insurance coverage. Um, we certainly have to get creative within our model of care for affordability, but we have staff that are essentially um, patient advocates in that avenue. And so we help navigate cost, especially. And so that's different. The time we spend in appointments, right, can be up to an hour, hour and a half. My patients, if they listen, will laugh sometimes two hours. Um, and if I run behind other patients, no, it's because someone else needed it at that time. You just, that's just how it goes. But um, the time spent and then really the focus within that time, which is natural and organic, you find root cause medicine and, and sources for diagnostic evaluation that you, you know, instead of a perfect example is um, an individual came in because they weren't sleeping, right? And they're like, I just need a sleep aid. I need to get sleeping. Trisha should be like, you'd work through, you'd see if they had anxiety, depression, 
um, even within 30 minutes, I was still like, yeah, I think I'm should probably qualifies for a sleep aid. Sleep is a priority here, blah, blah, blah. And so anyways, at about 50 minutes, it comes to find there's truly some situational things happening and took that long for her to get comfortable to speak about it. Wow. Plan of care absolutely shifts at that point. Right. And it's, it's really within that time that people get comfortable and you can get down to really what's going on with them. Yeah, it's amazing when you do the um, kind of go that the, the patient history and go just keep going further back and further back. And you start asking about, you know, what was it like as a teenager, as, as a toddler? And, you know, did you have infections and things like that? And you're like, you're like going, why are you asking all these questions? But that's like the root of where a lot of their problems come from. Totally. It is. And from childhood or even a a recent, you know, travel or vacation, or even a six month stay somewhere in a, a mold moldy house. Like, I mean, it's, it's so impactful um, on our health trajectory. And so, and like I said, that takes a lot of time. Right, right. Yeah. Well, one of the topics that um, I wanted to discuss with you was um, having to do with libido and, and, you know, whether it's female or male libido issues. Um, it, what what kind of the reason for that is is that you had hosted an event here a while back and i want you to talk about that event and share what that did for people in your community love that yeah we hosted and libido is something i hold near and dear because it is often skimmed over but um and we'll kind of get into that too but we yeah, we hosted an intimacy night and we're going to be doing something similar here in a couple months um, details to come, but it was to bring awareness around the topic and separate societal um, expectations slash influences on libido for both men and women, right? It's a big deal. And really normalizing it and then discussing optional interventions to improve it. And so whether I always talk about this spectrum of intervention where it's, it's lifestyle, dietary, supplemental, and then pharmaceuticals come into play as well. And um, that has certainly evolved over the last couple of years. Pharmaceutically speaking for women, we've been pretty far behind, you know, Vilesi and Addy came on the market. Well, I, I, I'll misspeak, but it was at least seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be pretty promising. Um but again, incredibly expensive and a side effect profile that was less than desirable. And sure. then you start thinking that that's a band-aid by Lassie and Addy are band-aids um, to a female's libido specifically. Right. And again, when you start marching down the line, what, how was intimacy and body image discussed in your um, childhood and adolescence, what were your intimate experiences? What was ch- um, child delivery or in, um, um, your delivery experience like, I should say? All of those impact then um, libido for a female specifically. Same, I mean, and, and I'm not going to go on a limb here, same with men. And, and certainly Viagra's on the market. Um, and Cialis and other medications to help with erectile dysfunction. And those serve a place, especially when there's a pathologic reason that erectile dysfunction is happening. I'm not going to, like I said, pharmaceuticals always play a role in a care plan for someone, but 
is that the source for the majority of our men and their erectile dysfunction and libido issues? No, right? You go back to Rikaz, it's a lot of emotional um, and physical experiences that can help dictate that. So, yeah, we always, I always think of, you know, when, when um, men get prescribed uh, Viagra or Cialis, it's like, Okay, that that's and we we you know when you think about it, it's usually when you look at the male side of things, it's like we're looking to do something physically to that man. We're on the female side, you know, we're looking at neurotransmitters and serotonin and things like that. So we're you know we're kind of you know working on two different things, but they they still can can work together. Like, what do you think is the most common uh, culprit of causing uh, libido issues in, in men, and, men and women? Um, I think if we had to, like, make it that general, yeah, it'd be hard to pick one. But one is a couple of hormonal, hormonal shifts mm-hmm. and then emotional. I mean, those two are probably even even. And so even when we see women and they're like, Sandy and we do like a hormonal intake for men and women and we do atom scoring for men and then we do other scoring for, for women and, and seeing where they lie and asking about libido is always on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, gosh, over the last three years, because that's really what I can speak to the time I've spent with patients, it comes down to the combination of hormonal shifts and emotional um, experiences around intimacy. So Mortis, do you think stress plays a part? part oh, hundred percent. Right. And you add, you write, you add in all these other components. It's sometimes you wonder how does anybody have libido? And, you know, the funnest part is like when people come back from vacation without kids and no job and they're like, wow, I really enjoyed my partner. And you're like, yeah, because you remove the stress component of life and it's huge impact it has. And we could get down really a lot of the interventions we do here is to sim- oversimplify, right, mm-hmm. is increase blood flow and circulation back to our perineums for male and, and, and men. And what do you do, wh- whether that's a controlled injury to a female and the vaginal mucosa through Mona Lisa, um, whether that's pelvic floor rehabilitation um, from a qualified provider um, versus hormone replacement therapy which is absolutely wonderful in managing that estrogen progesterone ratio in females, getting blood circulation back to that area. And for women, it's a lot of, we, we talk a lot about erotic thoughts and how to reformulate um, their relationship with their body and intimacy and their partner. Often bringing in the partner, I prefer to counsel both together for working on libido issues. Yeah, you know, we we always say, you know, we can we can uh, possibly help you with your libido issues. Um, if your husband is a butthead, <laughs> we, we probably aren't going to help that. Exactly. <laughs> that, that one's some that's something we can't fix. So you got to work on that too. Yes. Um, so you mentioned uh, Mona Lisa. Is that something? Is that a treatment that you have in your clinic? It is. It's um, it's a, from Sinoshore. It's a CO two laser, and so we just kind of. Uh, like everything in aesthetics and, and some 
other components of medicine, we're trying to do a controlled injury to increase your immune response to that area, aka, and then bring in things like interleukins, anti-inflammatory, and blood circulation, and it revitalizes the area. So between the clitoris, the vaginal opening, and then or the introitus, and then the vaginal canal, that's where that treatment goes. And so sometimes we use PRP injections as well, depending on if there's episiotomy scarring that's causing discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of women's libido is like discomfort. So they don't get excited because yeah, their bodies are like, that's painful. Right. So why would I... Uh, you know, induce um, any erotic thought or pleasure, right? So um, sometimes it's a, not just physiologic, but a pathologic intervention where we're needing to do to help with libido. So my, I was asking my pharmacist, you know, what, what should I be asking Sandy when I meet with her? And one of them wanted to, to have you touch on um, vaginal atrophy and dryness and just kind of where that plays into, and you kind of briefly mentioned that uh, previously here, but. I love that. And when, of course, we use your office all the time and your staff has helped guide me beyond my novice understanding of Primrin cream, right? Like, so you've seen the evolution over three years, like that doesn't work. That's not enough. That's a Band-Aid. And you go back to that root cause, what's going on to the female anatomy and our, our body and why is this actually happening? Um, right. Our progesterone, you know, starts decreasing at 26. And then we start getting this estrogen progesterone ratio unbalance that starts happening. And and then estrogen starts, like I always talk about a highway, picture a highway between your brain and your, your, your vaginal mucosa, clitoris and perineum, the whole region. There's detours that come up, whether that's kids, stress, um, illness, medication, health, um, that move this estrogen blood flow away from your perineum. And then the goal is to like lift up those, those roadblocks and bring it back. And so sometimes with hormone replacement therapy, specifically, um, vaginal atrophy, we need to get blood flow back to the area. We need to cause controlled injuries sometimes to, um, to improve the, the narrowing of the vaginal opening. And so that is done beautifully with, um, e-sticks and topical estrogen, of course, based on a comprehensive hormone evaluation, sometimes women need progesterone and testosterone as well, but often, and I'd be curious to see what you'd say about that. I mean, um, the number of women that actually need testosterone replacement in my practice is pretty darn low. Often when you go and start balancing their progesterone and estrogen and lifestyle dietary inflammation, it's not always that. Cause I, I, I would say I have more women coming and saying, I need testosterone for my libido. And that's not a direct correlation all the time. Sure. No, I think, I think we have, um, I think we have the gamut of practitioners that that um, some will use quite a bit of it in their practice. I don't know. I know I'm always a little concerned about like pellet therapy where they're just giving testosterone only, and that that sometimes is a concern. I don't. And part of the reason is we see train wrecks. You know, we yeah. only see the train wrecks because we don't see if patients are doing good because they're not going to come to us for that, but we'll see the ones that are really struggling or that they need help with. But I don't know, maybe you can touch on that pellet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually don't use pellets in my practice at all. One, it's not necessarily gold standard of care either. And you really lose that control. Again, as we alluded to earlier is that women are constantly, even men, but specifically women's 
hormonal cycle is always kind of in flux. And so to say, wow, I know this, this level of tea in a pellet is going to serve you well for this year of time. Once it's in, it's in. And, and really I've found more algorithmic like approach with hormone replacement therapy in the pellet world. Mm-hmm. And nothing about HRT is algorithmic. It, yeah. it where everyone would do it. It <laughs> takes a lot of time, a lot of curve, a learning curve, humility, um, and patience because everyone is really different. And so to speak to that, I, do, I personally don't use pellet therapy or advocate for it, but, um, it, it is a uh, hormone replacement is, is kind of an art. I, I think it is, um, you know, and we're getting more and more of those type of situations. I, I feel kind of like dosing low dose naltrexone, same way. It's like trying to figure out that, that, that perfect dose for that person to where they feel like optimal. And and in HRT, um, I think it's that same way. And, and it does, does take time and effort and you're going to take a lot of phone calls and we, you know, most of the women call my other female pharmacists. So I don't get a lot of those calls and not that I wouldn't take those, but I'm thankful to have um, females on staff that are, are there to help uh, our women patients. So. Oh, absolutely. And your staff, Steve, is like hands down um, the best thing that has happened to myself and staff in helping us guide these women because it takes a team. And to think, you know, a single practitioner can can do that. It's um, they can't because, like we said, there's no algorithmic approach. Everyone's different. And if we can combine our years of experience and then our own specialty of experience into a treatment plan. I think that is beautiful. And I'm so transparent with patients about that too. And anytime I'm like a little stuck, I'm like, you know, I'm going to call the team over at, at Ersfeld. And we're just, if you're comfortable with that, and of course we do the whole release of information thing and blah, 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 but um, is to assure that they know there's a lot of people that are looking into this and caring for them and they're getting appropriate care. Wow. That's a that's a nice plug for my staff. They'll they'll love that. Um, we we are just uh, fortunate that you allow us to be a part of your team and and um, enjoy partnering with you. I I think it's a win 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 for everybody. It's a win for us, win for you, and win for the patient. And that's kind of what our our goal is to help help each other lift lift each other up. So, and that's probably where you found yourself to be successful too, Steve, and your guys's. Um, line of work is that when it's patient centered, you win. Right. And you, and honestly, once again, you have more time. I yes. mean, if we're back in the days of being insurance based and we were filling, you know, at the height of our practice, we were filling 300 prescriptions a day. Mm-hmm. You know, we live, fill less than a hundred prescriptions a day. But if um, somebody calls us, we're going to just take the five or 10 minutes that we need to, to, to talk with them and find out what's going on and help them out. So, yeah. yeah. So one one thing I wanted to kind of kind of talk about when we you know, kind of getting back to the libido issue and I um, oral contraceptives, um, you know I think I'm not sure that that a lot of women know what they're getting into when they start oral contraceptives. I, I know that um, you know they're going to affect B vitamin production. They're going to affect testosterone levels. Um, we know that B vitamins are vitally important for our production of serotonin, melatonin, things like that. 
Um, so we, we oftentimes will see women and, and I, I don't think as much in our practices, you know, I first started, I've been doing this for going on, this will be my 35th year. So 35 years of doing this, you know, you give them a, you give them a oral contraceptive and a couple of years later, they come back in for Prozac. It's yeah. like, what's going on? I don't quite understand that. Well, you know, if they're taking that depleting B vitamins, not getting the serotonin production, of course, they're probably going to be feeling not very well. And then sometimes the hormones, you know, depending on what they are, can, can pack on weight. So, you know, we, we get on a oral contraceptive to, you know, for a reason, right. you know, for many reasons. And the end product isn't always what we were bargaining for, I don't think. Huh? Is there, do you see that in your practice? Totally. And this is such a hot topic right now because then again, love hate relationship with social media, right? We've got a lot of information out there. And then, you know, sometimes individuals make things so black and white and it's incredibly gray. So I'm just going to say that this is a great topic and it's always benefit outweighing risk, but I will tell you and guilty as charged here, um, not preparing women enough for the potential negative implications of birth control, right. especially contraceptives, right? And um, the differences in synthetic hormones and how it impacts your body and the potential um, down the line treatments that might have to occur. Of course, when we're looking at pregnancy prevention um, and being a big deal, I do not want a population of individuals having babies, right? Natural family planning is family planning in itself, 68% effective, which is not ideal. But I think you kind of nailed it. I don't think people are aware of what they're bargaining for. And so knowledge is power and almost setting a realistic playful right away and then pivoting within that game plan um, just needs to be part of it. It's not like here's your birth control, see you in a year for a refill. Um, certainly, Certainly the combination, right? We talked a little bit about that highway from the brain down to the perineum, synthetic hormones cut off that communication. And so lipido tanks and um, then like you talked about serotonin and its significant impact on mental health and then the spiral effect of weight gain. That in yourself, you're describing every single female visit in some <laughs> capacity, right? Is my mental health, my sleep, my libido, um, and my weight help me, right? Energy and brain fog, you could add that in there. But um, often if oral contraceptives are not absolutely necessary, I love speaking about the plethora of alternative interventions, um, especially we're caring. I've never cared for a more um, progressive patient population. This upcoming 20-year-olds, they're incredibly informed and they want alternative interventions. Mm -hmm. they're not wanting sitting down and saying, I'm feeling so anxious, Sandy, but I don't want to start an SSRI. What other testing can you do? What other things can I do? Because um, I know that's not the root of what's going on. That's like music to my ears. I go applaud you for being your own advocate. I think this next generation is fiery in that way. They've maybe seen generations not advocating for themselves and the outcomes. So I'll never frown upon a patient coming and saying, I, I saw this on Instagram or a TikTok. What are your thoughts? It's like, 
good, you're informed. Let's have an educated discussion here. Certainly, again, that's a gray area where there's some that will take that as medical advice and not seek a professional opinion. That's not good. Um, But with that being said, um, there's certainly this next generation is looking for alternative interventions that are not pharmaceuticals. Well, that's incredible because I I look at um, my, I told you I have three grown daughters and they're very into researching stuff on on yeah. me, uh, social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or whatever. But but to have a practitioner like yourself being open to the discussion and not just saying, "I I don't know," and I don't know. Anything. I know best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's not going to work. And let's go this direction. So that's kudos to you, because yeah, yeah, coming in with the old TikTok video. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you you kind of have to stay up on it, too. And what's going on, just like you would have without these platforms, um, just recognizing, I mean, gosh, the wealth of knowledge that's out there on on the Internet. Um, We have we've never had more informed patients. And so they keep you sharp as a provider as well, because and certainly as a business owner, like if I started doing my way or no way, that's that's no way to operate either. Right. Yeah. No. Well, your your way is patient centered, so they're they're going to win either way. It's just how how it's going to look in the end. Uh, um, so what I guess what kind of tools are you using? So you mentioned HRT as a as a tool. You mentioned a couple of pharmaceutical um, drugs as tools for decreased libido. What else are you using in your practice? A lot of supplementation. I think similar to what you guys have as well, and. Um, Again, that's usually after some kind of diagnostic evaluation or basic lab work um, to optimize some essential nutrients. I do a lot of alternative recommendations too, and which is cool. These um, like sauna therapy, red light therapy, cold plunging, really anything you can do to decrease internal inflammation. I've really kind of geared towards that in my practice. Like where's your inflammation coming from? Sometimes I don't need to know right away where it's coming from. We just need to decrease it. And then sometimes that provides clarity. Um, So these other interventions to decrease inflammation, um, I recommend within the practice itself, like I said, supplementation, a lot of IV therapy, everyone's dehydrated. Um, I would say, um, like we alluded to some diagnostic evaluation based on their life experiences, if we need to evaluate for co-infections and things like that. Counseling is always a part of our care plan. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, you, you, um, I'm a kind of a tool guy. So we've got, you know, conventional prescriptions, we've got compounded prescriptions, we've got dietary supplements. Um, to have those in our toolbox is huge. And your toolbox is vast. I mean, just the things that you mentioned uh, that you have to offer your patients um, is a great service to to everybody um, in the community. It's incredible. So, well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here and then we're going to wrap things up. But so I'm going to ask you um, if, if you had one recommendation and I keep, keep getting this binging. My my family's in a text thread, I think, and it's on my computer. So I'm sure everybody's hearing this bing, bing. I but, can't hear it. So you're you? Good. Nope. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> good. Um, 
But what what one recommendation would you have for patients to change their overall health if you could only say one thing? What would you tell them? De-stress their lives. That's awesome because my uh, just did a podcast with a chiropractor from uh, Bismarck, Dr. Charles Sefcheck, and and he uh, talked about stress. Oh, they're so stressed, Steve. It's, um, yeah, that in itself is such a big deal. De-stressing their life in some capacity is probably priority one. We can do all these things, but if we're still running a rat race, it's not going to be a great end game. Yeah, kind of uh, having the um, ability to to say no to things. I think that we don't do that enough, that we feel like we have to do everything for everybody. Um, you know, we kind of, we kind of tried to do that in our family as our kids were growing up and, you know, you, you want to be part of the community and, but you also have to have a, have a family and a, and a kind of a quiet home life as well. And that kind of worked good for us. Um, I don't know. Do you have, do you have children? I do. I have two, a three and a five-year-old boy. They are, but we're kind of right. We're starting to enter into that next phase parenting too, where it's starting like start enrolling them in these, you know, sports and a lot of extracurricular activities are starting super young. And we've really decided as a family unit to limit that. Yeah. Right. And um, especially, you know, my husband and I's career paths are, are demanding in themselves. And so, and we see the negative implications of burnout and stress and, we can try and control that in our home. So I love that that was successful for you guys. So we're certainly going to try and do that as well. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a definitely a poll. So, mm-hmm. so in the last, obviously in the last three years, uh, healthcare's uh, changed. You do you, you were opening your practice just at the beginning of COVID, right? Yes. You know, I essentially resigned March 1st and COVID like was everywhere March 8th. <laughs> so I, continued the course and yeah we opened may of 2020 yeah that's incredible so mm-hmm. uh do you do uh, virtual consultations for patients we do yeah. yeah we um we do certainly do consultations um we're certified within minnesota and north dakota if it's out of state it, it would be dependent mm-hmm. on the state and what that looks like but so how would a how would a patient uh Get a, make an appointment with you. How would they get in contact with you? We try and make it easy. So of course you can always do online booking um, through our website, um, calling in our front desk staff are wonderful and they can help coordinate that if you're a phone conversation kind of person. Otherwise through our social media platforms, we have individuals responding to questions on there too. So. And the name of your business and, and a phone number? Yep. Well and Co. Well, we're Well and Company. Our website is wellandcoalex.com. That is going to be changing with the secondary location. Then our great phone number is 320-314-3828. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending part of your office day with me today. <laughs> oh, I love um, it, Steve. And uh, like I said, gosh, we could have, well, this was like, we could have, this went too fast. We could talk all day about this. And so it's, um, it's a complex topic, but so fun to care for. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So as I as I told you, if you uh, stuck it out to the end of the podcast, I'd have a, a little reward for you. So if you mentioned um, Dr. Sandra Lauer podcast, uh, you can get 25% off uh, a supplement of your choice, but that's only for telephone and in-person orders. Can't do that online yet, so someday. So thanks again, Sandy, for uh, joining the conversation. And um, as always, be vigilant about your health. Thank you so much, Steve. Appreciate it. As always, be vigilant about your health.